0: Of confusion today about the Holy Spirit. Um, there's I think a, a lot of confusion about it and um, you have kind of two tensions that you face. One is some, some churches, some systems of theology don't talk about it much at all and uh, they because there are so there is so much confusion about the Holy Spirit, it's a, it's a subject that gets avoided. Um, a person that gets avoided. And on the other side, um, there is a lot of confusion and I would say even um, people using the Holy Spirit to accomplish things that he doesn't want to accomplish. They're trying to 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 mess with him and, and, uh, and use him to, to uh, for nefarious purposes. And so and so I think it's good for us to have a good understanding of what the Holy Spirit is. Now, I had somebody tell me, did everybody get a handout tonight? If you didn't get a handout, I think, I had some people go, I don't know if I have enough pens. There's so many blanks. We have a lot of blanks tonight. Um, I, I want to take a very systematic approach. This is, Really kind of from a systematic theology approach, a basic theology approach to what we're going to talk about tonight. Which means we're going to be all over the all over the Bible tonight. And I have given you references and I'm going to put those scriptures up on the screen. And so you have maybe some homework if there's a part you didn't understand. You can write notes, that kind of a thing. But I'm just going to give you um, an answer to this question. And it's a very basic question, but I think it's a necessary question. Who is the Holy Spirit? Who is he? Who is the Holy Spirit? Um, I've used uh, a lot of um, content, just a basic framework from a, a Charles Ryrie's systematic guide to the ba- called Basic Theology, a popular systematic guide to understanding biblical truth. If you don't have a, this systematic theology in your library, I think you should. It's a very good. It's what it says, Basic Theology. Um, It's it's simple but not simplistic and it's very helpful. Um, Like any, here's what I agree totally with. Okay, this is not the Bible, but it helps us kind of uh, connect with the Bible and helps us understand it. And so um, that's what I'm just being very upfront and honest with you about where I'm getting some of the the help from on this tonight. Now, um, who is? The Holy Spirit. I'm going to give you two answers to that question, and I'm going to support all of that. All of my two answers. Um, the two answers are not contradictory; they really form one answer. But the two answers, kind of, I'll give you some uh, uh, supporting s- supporting uh, uh, rationale as to each question. The first thing I want to tell you is that the Holy Spirit is a person. He is a person. The Holy Spirit is a person. When I was uh, in college, um, I, it was a Friday night. It, I think it might have been during the summer um, when I was in grad school because I remember, you know, during the school year of my campus, there was a bunch of people there. This is when I was a single. This is um, before Megan Jennings. Okay, was It wasn't before she was a part of my life, but it was a before she was a part of my life. You understand, before we were married, before she got her heart right and got married to me, <laughs> okay, said yes. But I remember, like, I, was, I remember it was like, the, I think it was the summer, and I was, and there was a church in town, and they had this band that was coming, and they were like, they're like a Sam's Choice. You ever, you ever go see Sam's, you ever get, go to Walmart, and you have Reese's Peanut Butter Cups, and then you got Sam's Choice next to it. Okay. They were like the great, the great value. Did Sam's choice go away? Okay. Sam's club. Yeah. So like you have the generic version. These guys were like, they were like a generic version of all the praise bands that are out there today or whatever. So I was just like, hey, this is a concert. So I went to this concert and it was at a, it was at a, a, a place that had a little bit different theology when it comes to the Holy Spirit. And they talked about in that particular um, time, the guy got up after the music and he said, and he gave this message and he gave the message um, basically saying, um, you need, um, like it, it, you can be saved, that's good, but you need kind of a second, a second filling of the Holy Spirit. Like you need more of the Spirit to fill you up kind of a thing. And the idea was almost like the Spirit was a liquid. Like, like, you know, you know, you only have so much of them, and, and and I'm not mad at him. We're fine. It was cool, but I remember thinking that's not how the Holy Spirit is at all. You either have him or you don't, and he, because he's a person, it's like saying, it's like saying, um, being more pregnant. You're either pregnant or you're not, right? And so um, that's a whole other issue. So anyway, kids in the room. Okay, so the point is, he is a person. You either have him or you don't, and. And the, the issue is, does he have you or not, right? So that's, that's the big question. So he is a person. He, that means he possesses and exhibits all of the attributes, all the things that a person has, he has, right? Let's just talk about a few of them. I'm going to make my argument, and you can go with me. Number one, he has intelligence, the Spirit has intelligence. First Corinthians 2, 10 and eleven says, "But God hath revealed them unto us by His Spirit. For the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of man, save the Spirit of man which is in him? Even so the things of God knoweth no man, but the Spirit of God. So you have here this idea of the the Spirit of God that we're going to see a lot of names for the Spirit tonight." dealing with the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is intelligent. He's not just some mystical being. He's a person, and a person has intelligence. He possesses a mind. He possesses a mind, Romans eight twenty seven. And he that searches the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the... Do you see it there? The mind of the Spirit. Because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. So this... Holy Spirit, this third person of the Trinity, has a mind. Because he's intelligent, has a mind, he's able to teach people. You see that? 1 Corinthians 2.13 says, Which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost, there's another word for the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. What does it tell you that, there, that, it, that he does? He teaches, right? But with the which the Holy Ghost teacheth, that's what he does. He here's a fourth thing: he shows feelings. Do people have feelings? Do persons have feelings? Do persons have intelligence? Some of them do. (laughs) Right? (laughs) We're still kind of figuring it out on some of you. Um, no, absolutely. He has feelings. Ephesians 4.30 says, And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God. Grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you are sealed unto the day of redemption. Can you, can you grieve the Holy Spirit of God? You absolutely can. And, and that verse kind of tells us you can grieve him because he's, you're sealed till the day of redemption. When's the day of redemption? When you get to heaven one day. That means between now and then, um, he's living inside of a body and cannot leave and if he can't leave, then he's grieved when you sin. <laughs> there are some people that say the Holy Spirit can't be resisted. He can be resisted. He absolutely can. Um, he has a will. Do people have a will? Let me ask you a question Do you have a will? Have you ever had to exercise your will to come to church? At the end of a nap, you're like, oh, man. That was a short afternoon. There are some people here that exercise their will that are, not, that are here, right? People have a will. First Corinthians, he has a will. First Corinthians 12, does, does the Holy Spirit have a will? Yes, he does. 1 uh, Corinthians 12, 11, but all these work at that one and self same spirit, dividing to every man severally, talking about these diversely, talking about spiritual gifts, as he will. This is what he wants to do. This is how he wants to give and so God does that. Act sixteen six. Now when they had gone through Phrygia and the region of Galatia, this is um, the the narrative. This is a narrative portion of scripture describing what happened. Okay, one of the things about the Holy Spirit that people get can get flawed on is when they're talking about um, the Holy Spirit and understanding the Holy Spirit. Sometimes when they go to the Book of Acts, um, sometimes uh, they think that things that happen in that Book of Acts are normative. Um, for today. And, and we can have arguments about that. But the point is, this tells you what happens here with Paul and his, um, his crew. In verse chapter 16, verse six, 6, it says, Now when they had gone into Phrygia, the region of Galatia, were forbidden of the Holy Ghost to preach the word in Asia. After they were, What does it say there in verse 6? That they were forbidden of the Holy Ghost, he has a will. He wants them to go in a certain direction. And they were come to Mysia and they essayed to go to Bithynia, but the spirit suffered them not. And then and they passing by Mysia came down to Troas and a vision appeared to Paul in the night that there stood a man of Macedonia praying him saying, "Come over unto Macedonia." And help us. And after he had seen the vision, immediately we endeavored to go to Macedonia, assuredly gathered that the Lord had called us to preach the gospel unto them. Therefore, loosing from Troas, we came with a straight course to Sathamarcia, and the next day to Neapolis. So here you have you have Paul, who has a will, trying to go in a certain direction, and you have the Holy Spirit coming and saying, "Hey, I've got a different one. I want you to go the other way." It's a good thing for us. He instead of going going east, he went. West, who agrees? That's a good deal for us, right? So the Holy Spirit sent him that direction. So he's a person, which means he possesses and exhibits all the attributes of a person. B, he exhibits the actions of a person, not only the attributes of a person. Now he, I want to show you that he he does the attrib- the actions of a person which means this he guides us into truth by hearing speaking and showing right these are things that he does John 16:13 talking to the talking to the um apostle specifically he says howbeit when he the spirit of truth this is another word for spirit is come he will guide you into all truth for he shall not speak of himself but whatsoever he shall hear that shall he speak and he will show you things to come this is this is him speaking this is him revealing this is him communicating is that something that a person does yeah some of you do it too much right that's what happens here's another thing he does like what does the what does the holy spirit do number 2 he convicts of sin he convicts of sin john 16:8 and when he is come he will reprove the world of what is it Sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Sometimes when we're convicted, we're convicted of our sin because of our own conscience. Sometimes when we're convicted; it's, it's the Holy Spirit. Um. Hopefully, the Holy Spirit works with our conscience to convict us of sin. Right? That's what He should be doing, and so so that's what He does. Number three, He performs miracles. We saw that in the book of Acts, Acts 8.39. And when we were come up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord caught away Philip, that the eunuch saw him no more, and he went on his way rejoicing. The, the greatest miracle he does is the miracle of regeneration. People getting saved. Um, I'm so excited to hear about that guy getting saved today, aren't you? And what an incredible thing. That's what God does. He intercedes, Romans 8.26. I love this. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Man, it, um, I think Jesus gave us a great, um, a great example when he prayed in the garden and he said, Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. There are times people in dealing with counseling with people, dealing with people um, sick and dying, dealing with people that have difficulty, and you pray, and sometimes you pray, and you pray not knowing. For instance, God, take their cancer away. And what do we say? If it be your will, right? Right? Because sometimes God doesn't have a will that the cancer goes away, maybe in that moment. Um, And so there are times when when we're praying that the Holy Spirit prays, when we don't know what to say. And I, I've been to that place, God, I, th- with this circumstance, I'm praying in your will. I'm praying in Jesus' name. I'm trying to pray in the Spirit in the sense of that, I, that I'm that i trying to do in the power of the Spirit and I don't know what you want to do. I need you to intercede on this particular thing for me. And that's what he says here, that the Spirit does that. He intercedes for people. People can do that too, right? We're making the case that he's a person and, and every time we do prayer requests and we pray, what are we trying to do? We're interceding on behalf of the other people. People. And that's what the, that's cool that the Holy Spirit can pray for us. What a great thing that is. Letter C, making the case that he's a person. He receives, not only does he do actions that only a person can do, he receives actions that are normally what a, what a person receives. For instance, he is one to be obeyed, right? He should be obeyed. Acts 10, 19. While Peter thought on the vision, the Spirit said to him, Behold, three men seek thee, arise therefore, and get thee down, and go with them, doubting nothing. Who, who said this to him? In verse 19? The Spirit. For I have sent them. Then Peter went down to the men which were sent from Cornelius and said, Behold, I am he whom ye seek. What is the cause for you who have come? This is the Spirit giving direction and wanting to be obeyed. He can be lied to. He can be lied to. Now, this is dumb. Don't lie to the Holy Spirit. Because we're going to see why here in a minute. You guys already know. Acts 5.3 talks about, remember the story of Ananias and Sapphira? And Ananias comes. Acts 5.3, Peter said to him, Ananias, why is thou, Satan filled thine heart to lie to the, what does it say? To the Holy Ghost and to keep back part of the price of the land. That would be bad at offering time if people started dying. Who agrees? Maybe we should take pledges. More people would die. Okay, anyway. He can be lied to. Number three, he can be resisted. Acts 7. Ye stiff-necked and uncircumcised in hearts and ears, you do always resist the Holy Ghost as your fathers did, so do. Ye, can he be disobeyed? Yes, he can. He can be resisted. And then he can be grieved. We've already talked about this. Grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you are sealed to the day of redemption. We know he can be blasphemed. Next one, blasphemed. Matthew twelve, three. Wherefore I say unto you, all manner of sin and blasphemy shall be forgiven unto men, but the blasphemy against the Holy Ghost shall not be forgiven unto men. He can be insulted. We studied this just a few weeks ago in Hebrews 10:29. Of how much sore punishment, suppose ye, shall he be thought worthy who had trodden under the foot the Son of God, and hath counted the blood of the covenant, whereby he was sanctified in a holy thing, and had done despot unto the Spirit of grace? There's that idea of an insulting the Spirit of God. And so not only does he do actions, actions can be done against him. Here's the last thing to give you some kind of idea that he can relate as a person to other people. Not only, can he, not only does he um, cont- contain the attributes or possess the attributes of a person, not only does he do the actions of a person, not only does he receive the actions of a person, but he also relates to other people as a person. You can see them at relating to the apostles in Acts 15, 28. It says in Acts 15, 28, for it seemed good to the Holy Ghost and to us to lay upon you no greater burden than these necessary things. And so here you have the apostles um, in agreement with the Holy, Holy Ghost about, about what to do. And This was specifically in what to do with the Gentiles about telling them what it means to come to, to faith in Christ. Um. What do you get them to try to do? Are we trying to make the are we trying to make the Gentiles into Jews in order to be saved? And the Holy Spirit led the apostles to say, no, that's not how you you don't have to become Jewish to be saved. And all the men said, Amen, right? No surgeries. Great. Okay. So yeah, that's what happened. It's an amazing thing. The Holy Spirit relates to Jesus. John 16, 14, he shall glorify me. For he shall receive of mine and shall show it unto you. The Bible says later, he doesn't speak his own things. He speaks what he's told to speak, which is an amazing thing. So he related to Jesus. He also relates to the other members of the Trinity. We believe that there's one God. Amen? One God who is three persons, three in one, right? Do we have three gods? No, we have one God, right? He, he, he exists simultaneously as three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So, so he has fellowship with these other members of the Trinity. Matthew twenty eight nineteen says, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost right? And of the Holy Ghost. So it's all three. Second, third, uh, Second Corinthians 13, 14. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God. There you have the, the Son, the love of God, the Father, and the communion of the Holy Ghost be with you all. Amen. Isn't that good? He also relates to his himself, to his own power. Luke four fourteen says, and Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit into Galilee and went And there went out a fame of him throughout all the region round about. Jesus, Jesus the son, did what he did in the power of the spirit. You remember early on in Luke, and this is true in many of the gospels, that after When he gets baptized, you have the father who declares himself, uh, this is my beloved son, right? You have the father, you have him as the son being baptized, and as he comes out of the water, here comes the spirit that's sending on him like a dove, it says. And then he was led by the spirit into the wilderness. And it says in Luke chapter 4, there in Luke chapter 4, that he returned in the power of the spirit into Galilee. So Jesus is being led by the spirit, amazing thing. Acts ten thirty eight talking about Jesus, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. First Corinthians two four, and my pa- and my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. So, have I convinced you? I hope I have. The Spirit is a person. He's not. He's not a a liquid. He's not some mystical, you know, when you say spirit, you think of him as this very mystical thing, but he's a person. He can relate. He can, he can communicate. He can, he can be lied to. He can be dealt with. That's who he is as a person. So number one, he's a person. Who's the Holy Spirit? He's a person. Who is the Holy Spirit? Here's the second part. He's God. The Holy Spirit is God. The Holy Spirit is God. He is not a God. He is the God. Um, there are some people um, that teach um, a thing called modalism. Everybody say modalism. Modalism is taught by uh, a lot of different denominations. Um, probably the most famous modalist in America right now would be T.D. Jakes. How many of you guys have heard of T.D. Jakes? Okay. So a guy like that, he believes that God was God the Father in the Old Testament, that he man- there's manifestations, they use that terminology. He manifested himself, there's one God, and he manifests himself, there's not three persons. He manifested himself in the Old Testament as God the Father, in the Gospels as God the Son, and in the Church Age as God the Spirit. So the problem with that is the Bible, because the Bible talks about three in one and talks about them existing at the same time, and you see them like it, Jesus is baptized, like at the same. Um, they're all present at the same time. You have, for instance, in creation, that God we're going to see that here in a minute um, all three are present at, at creation. You may say, Pastor Ben, we'll explain that. How can there be one God but three? I can't. I just have to deliver the mail and say, this is what God tells us. This is how he's revealed to himself. So the Holy Spirit is God. Well, how do you, how do you know that? Well, a couple things. First, his names show deity. When we say deity, we're saying that, that he's God. The word deity talks about God. His names show that. When you think about the term Holy Spirit or Holy Ghost, God says to us, be holy for I am holy, right? So as he's described as the Holy Spirit, we understand that his holiness, listen, the Holy Spirit makes us holy. Who agrees? Now, in the sense that when we get saved, we're set apart as holy, that's true. We are holy, but we're also growing in our holiness. Do you agree? Does that make sense? When it says that he's the Holy Spirit uh he, he, is, he is free from all error, free from all sin. He is holy. Mark 1.8, I just put this in here. Anytime he's talking about, called the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost, he's showing that he's deity. Um, Mark 1.8 talks about John John's, uh, the Baptist. It says, I indeed have baptized you with water, but he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost, right? And this is talking about Jesus. When you get, when you get saved, you're... you're um, you're indwelt with the Holy Spirit. And there's the baptism of the Holy Spirit that happens one time at salvation. We'll talk about that in the coming weeks. So his names show that he is, he is deity. He's God. He's called, number two, here's another name, the Spirit of our God. First Corinthians 6.11, and such were some of you, and such were some of you. This is what you were before the Spirit saved you. But now ye are washed, you are sanctified, you are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. Isn't that good? So he, his name shows that he is God. He's also called the Comforter in John fourteen sixteen. This points to his deity. And I will pray the Father and he shall give you another Comforter that he may abide with with you, how long forever <laughs> that doesn't sound like a that doesn't sound like a, a uh, anything other than God the spirit of God so his his names show his deity his attributes here are some attributes we talked about some attributes that show that he's a person right what were some of those? you remember that in the first first part that he he has intelligence and a mind, and he teaches people and he shows feelings. How many guys? That's true of you too. Okay. Anybody here have some feelings? Who here have hurt your feelings? No, don't put, keep your hands down. Okay. Yeah. Amen. There are some attributes that we have that God that God has that we also have, but there are some attributes that God has that we don't have. Okay, and the Spirit has the attributes, is given, is described as one that has the attributes that only God has. Let me give you an example. Number one, omniscience. It's spelled omniscience. Here's what it means, kids. It means that God is all-knowing. Now, I want you to think about what it means to be all-knowing. Most of you are just writing words in blanks. Think about, just stop for a second. The the Bible says that the hair on your head is numbered, right? Um, Jesus told Abraham that that his progeny would be like the sand of the sea and the stars in the sky. Um, God knows everything, everything. There's nothing that God does not know. It's an amazing thing. Isaiah 40 13 says, Who hath directed the Spirit of the Lord? Or being his counselor hath taught him? No one can teach the Spirit. Why? Because the Spirit is God and he knows everything. Nothing occurs to him. Nothing is like, oh, I forgot. No, he's God. 1 Corinthians 2.12, now we have received, not the spirit of this world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. The spirit speaks what God speaks and he knows what God knows. That's why we receive from him. And so what an amazing thing to think that the spirit knows everything. That's something that can only be described of as God. Here's a second one, omnipresence. Now, by the way, some people try to think this is just kind of free. Some people treat Satan as if he's the opposite of God. And they would say, like, Satan is also has a lot of the attributes that we talked about before, right? He, Satan's a person. Satan is intelligent. He has a mind. He has a will, right? But Satan is not omniscient. Who's glad for that? He knows a lot, but he's not omniscient. He he is also not omnipresent. And I'm glad for that. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against powers, principalities, spiritual wickedness in high places. He's got got demons, he's got his angels. He he is well connected, (laughs) but he's a loser. He's going to lose. God, the Holy Spirit, possesses all the attributes that God has. For instance, He's not om- omnis- not just omniscient, He's omnipresent. Psalm 139, 7, shall I go from thy spirit? And where wher- shall I flee from thy presence? He goes on to say, If I go here, there you are. If you go there, there you are. He's everywhere. Here's another one He's omnip- omnipotent by virtue of His work in creation. Job 33.4, 4, talking about the Spirit. The Spirit of God hath made me, and the breath of the Almighty hath given me life. Psalm 104, 30. Thou sendest forth thy Spirit, they are created. Thou renewest the face, uh, the face of the earth. So we see his power in that he was a part of, he was active in creation, as we're going to see here and again in a minute. So, his, his names show that he's God. His attributes show that he's God. Here's another one. His actions are actions that only God can perform. Okay? So, for instance, he was the cause of the virgin birth. Luke 1.35, And the angel answered, said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. Crazy. He's the cause of the virgin birth. He's the agent in giving the inspired scriptures. First, 2 Peter 1, 21. Let Let me look here. I'm going to go back one verse. It says, no prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation. Verse 21, for the prophecy came not in the old time by the will of man, But holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. So when we talk about how we got our Bible, the Bible is literally the source comes from God. Uh, When Paul wrote, his writings sound like Paul. How many of you guys agree when you read Ephesians and you read Colossians, they sound very similar? When you read Philippians, it sounds similar. When you read uh, Peter and you read Paul, even though they're saying, the sa- like they're saying, they're not in dis- disagreement, they sound like two different people, right? That's because God used human instrumentality. There's no doubt about it. But at the end of the day, even Peter says that the, the words did not come uh, by any private interpretation. Holy men spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost, so ultimately, the words that were written down were exactly the words that God chose. And how did? It, and when I say God, I mean God the Holy Spirit. He was also involved in the creation of the world, world. Genesis one two, it says, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon. The face of the waters. Amazing. Some say the Holy Spirit really isn't in the Old Testament. No, he's there. In fact, that leads me to the last last point I want to make under this idea that he is God. Letter D, his associations with other persons of the Godhead demonstrate deity. One of the ways you know that the Holy Spirit is God is by how he... um, how he uh, interacts with the other, how he's described as interacting with the other members of the Trinity. For instance, this is amazing. Number one, spirit is Yahweh. Spirit is Yahweh. What do I mean? There are times when, and I'm not saying that every time that the word Yahweh is used, it's automatically the Holy Spirit. What I am saying is there are times in the New Testament where in the New Testament, the New Testament writer, where we read, where did this come from? Where did it come from? It came from the Holy Spirit, right? So the Holy Spirit in the New Testament says that this person referred to as God or as Yahweh in the Old Testament, is referred to in the New Testament as the Holy Ghost. I'll give you an example. In Acts 28, 25, it says, And when they agreed not among themselves, they departed after that Paul had spoken one word. Well spake the Holy Ghost by Isaiah the prophet unto our fathers, saying, Go unto this people and say, Hearing ye shall hear and shall not understand, and seeing ye shall see and not perceive. For the heart of this people is wax gross, and their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes have, they close, like they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their heart, and should be converted, and I should heal them. Paul says the Holy Ghost said this in the Old Testament through Isaiah, and then he quotes Isaiah. When you go to Isaiah for that quote, it says, Also I heard the voice of the uh, um, Lord saying, Whom shall I send who will go for us? Then said, I hear him, I send me. And he said, Go and tell this people, Hear ye indeed, but understand not. And see ye indeed, but perceive not. Make the heart of this people fat. So there's the quote. So in the New Testament, he says it's the Holy Ghost that spoke that through Isaiah. And here he's talking about the Lord. So the Holy Spirit. The, my point is the Holy Ghost is in the Old Testament. Do you guys agree? That's what, that's what we learn from the New Testament is that he's there sometimes in the Old Testament. Hebrews 10, 15 through 17. Wherefore, the Holy Ghost also is a witness for us. For after that, he said before, this is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my laws of their hearts into my minds. I will write them and their sins and their iniquities I will remember no more. The author of Hebrews, the human author through the Holy Spirit says... That in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit says, and then he quotes Jeremiah 31, 31, which says, Behold, the days of come, saith the Lord, that I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel. And he goes on to say that part there in Jeremiah 31, 31. So you see in the Old Testament, or it's in the New Testament, that, that the New Testament writers are referring to times that the Holy Spirit spoke in the Old Testament as the Holy Spirit. You also see the Spirit in God in Matthew 12, 31 and 32. You see the Spirit relating to God. Wherefore, I say unto you, all manner of sin and blasphemy shall be forgiven unto men, but the blasphemy against the Holy Ghost shall not be forgiven unto men. And whosoever shall speak against the Son of Man, it shall be forgiven him. But whosoever speaketh against the Holy Ghost, it shall not be forgiven him, neither in this world, neither in the world to come. Again, talking about the Spirit and God in Acts five thirty four. Peter said "And us, "Why has Satan filled thine heart to lie to the Holy Ghost and to keep back part of the land? Verse four, "You have not lied unto men, but to God. You see that stations with the other persons of the Godhead. You see them treated as equal. You see the Holy Spirit treated as equal with God the Father and God the Son and God the Holy Spirit. You see that in Matthew 28, 19. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. That's not like big God, medium God, little God. That is not what's going on there. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost. Second Corinthians 13, 14, I love this. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Ghost be with you all. Amen. Who is the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is a person. And the person of the Holy Spirit is God. What does that mean for us? The Bible says, don't be drunk with wine where it's an excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Another verse similar says, let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly with all wisdom, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. The Word that the Spirit wrote is what He uses to control us through His Word. You have more of the Word in you. The, there's more there of what the Spirit said that's in you that He can use to, to help you be obedient to what He wants you to be. Um, Here's a bad habit, feeling conviction of sin and doing nothing about it. Here's a bad habit, thinking that your day is just yours to plan without considering him. Considering that the goals of your life are really just up to you and have nothing to do with God the Father, God the Son, or God the Holy Spirit. And to look at the, and to look at the Holy Spirit and say, because the Holy Spirit wrote this, right? To look at the word of God and say, hey, I know the spirit wrote this, but I'm not going to do it. And I'm just going to expect God to bless me. And if he doesn't, oh, well. Seriously? That is a bad plan. God, the Holy Spirit, spake as he was moved by the, men of old spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. And if God says it, we better do it. Who agrees? We better do it. The good news is, this is so cool, and now I'm kind of getting into what we're going to talk about later. The third person of the Trinity, God the Father, lives in you. And he wants to not only help you know what his will is, he wants to empower you to do what his will is. The Bible says it's the spirit that lives in you is the same spirit that raised Jesus from The dead. Isn't that cool? That is an amazing thing. And so that spirit can help you with your Monday. Isn't that cool? The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead can help you get through school and help you in your marriage and help you raise your kids and help you with your neighbor and with your wife and with your husband. Amen? Let's pray.